Hello everyone, what's up gamers? It's your main host, Hovin. Welcome back to The Hideaway. And with me today, I have Dr. Nova. Hello. And Caster UK. Hi. Ah, oh, feels good, man. <laughs> and yeah, today we're going to be talking about a new Jump Plus manga that's getting a bit of discussion going. But before that, what have we all been playing slash watching slash reading recently? On the reading end, I've been reading this amazing new thing called Kaiju 8, but also just a bunch of Yakuza 0, and because I'm not nerdy enough getting into the MTG arena. So you started on Yakuza 0 then. That's one that I've been, like, chipping away at, but I can never quite commit to it. It is very good, though. Yeah, I kind of enjoy the chipping away at it. I think it would mean a lot more if, if I actually knew who these people were going to become, because at the right. moment they're both exactly the same guy with different fighting styles. I don't think Majima and I, because I'd never see, played any of the other games, and I got very different vibes from them. I might not be far enough into it. Uh, so due, due to the fact that I'm actually preparing to guest on another podcast, I've been rereading a lot of Shokugeki no Soma. Ooh. Mm, and, I'm so sorry. Oh, God. It started out so good. Uh, the one that started this podcast. It started out so incredible. Uh, but also, because I know a lot more about cooking now mm. than I did when I started this, there are definitely some moments where I'm like, wait, that's not how that... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you developed as a chef as the manga went along then? Yeah, I mean, like, I was I was in culinary school, like, I think, like, in the middle of mm. when Shokugeki no Soma was coming out. Right. So it's definitely more stuff looking back and being like, no, mm. there's no way you could be like, well, this person perfectly cooked a duck breast and this person <laughs> fried some fish. It's totally even. It's like, no, one of them requires way more technique. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> one of them used a chainsaw. <laughs> oh, that no, that's fuck. when it totally <laughs> went off the, the deep end. <laughs> that's one of those moments where it's just like, oh, this series just bullshit now. Yeah, we actually, we never got Caster's take on the ending on this podcast because he wasn't on for it. It, it was bad. <laughs> then again, I thought it was bad a lot before this lot thought it was bad so it was also bad yeah no i mean i kind of liked the first half of the azami stuff and like i didn't love it but i at least respected the way it concluded with erina getting uh, the final victory uh, but yeah it uh, totally went off the deep end in the last arc so i decided in all my infinite wisdom to finally splooge on a nintendo switch and i've yay. got i've got a bunch of games for that I've mainly been playing mario odyssey so I'd already played through the main story of this game at a friend's house, but it was the first thing I ordered. That's how much I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, and I, I just got through the main story of that. Absolutely wonderful game. So much content packed into it. And I will say the insert song in the final boss is really weird. Like it feels like it's out of a Sonic game. And it's like, mm, this doesn't really fit with Mario at all. It's kind of early 2000s power rock. <laughs> I also started Pokemon Shield. Uh, finally. I've been going Ooh. into that one with very tempered expectations because I know it's quite yes. divisive. Yeah. Okay, for me, I'm quite exhausted with the Pokemon formula on the whole. And the two big complaints I'd heard for hmm. this one are you don't have all the Pokemon and there's like no post game. Neither of which matter to me because I never catch all the Pokemon and I always just give up on the games after the league. So I've just basically been playing it for the novelty of, oh, this region is like Britain, but Pokemon. It, it was very fun seeing Japan's interpretation of what England is in Pokemon. It's like they flip-termed Great Britain upside down, but they put Kent in Scotland and that's your starting town. For those who aren't aware, yeah. Kent is like the really posh... 
county of England. No. Right no, near the south. Parts of Kent are the really posh. Okay, are, are, are other bits of it less like that then? Um, let us say if you take a, the average of everywhere in Kent, mm. it is normally posh. Okay. Join us back here next week on the UK Geography <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm one to call places posh. I'm like a middle class Londoner, so. <laughs> my, my favorite part about Pokemon Sword and Shield is just the moment where, like, you can clearly tell that the story supervisor gave up oh, and nobody actually like proofread it and like they were just like yeah this dialogue seems fine like this is a great motivation and they were just like oh i mean is it, is it another shitty on. villain motivation because those are a dime a dozen in pokemon games it's not even a shitty one it's one that like wow you went from one to eleven real fast but i don't even understand it right at least it's usually like i don't know oh the world i don't i'm not gonna spoil anything but usually it's like Oh, the world is awful, and I must cleanse it and make a new one. This one's different. It's more like, yeah, I'm making the world great. I guess I'll destroy it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just spent hours and hours painting this Warhammer set. Time to knock it down with a hammer. <laughs> it made more sense to me. Okay. Well, we can we could do a Sword and Shield spoiler cast when I finish it. Of course. Gladly. Um, <laughs> we, we can talk about the hair of the post-game villains. Okay, I, I agree on Sword, Wood, and Shield, but because what the fuck are they? <laughs> They're celebrities, didn't you hear? So they can get away with with terrorism. Uh, we're, we're royalty celebrities? That's not how the royal family... Japan, do you know how the royal <laughs> Oh my god, works? I can't wait for this. <laughs> Well, apparently they can get away with terrorism because they're the royal family. No! Oh my god, okay, I'm I am so stoked to, to get to this now, holy shit. <laughs> it's so bullshit. It's I'm not good, like, okay? it, sound, it sounds so much more entertaining than it is, uh, it's so bad. If it's bad in a mimetic way, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> no, it's, it's fucking boring. Okay, okay anyway, sorry. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, I've just bad. gotten to the first wild zone in that. Uh, and I'm not really sure what I'm meant to be doing. And yeah, apart from that, I got load. I got like Bayonetta. I got Dragon Quest XI because I've been wondering if the Switch might be a, a good series for me on the JRPG front because trying to play them on the PS4, I always find them a bit of a chore to boot up uh, for that kind of long grindy gameplay. But I feel like with like a semi-portable console, might be a bit of a better fit for it. You can get the original Xenoblade Chronicles for the Switch, and oh, that yeah. port's pretty good. Oh yeah, I um, played I played a lot of that on the Wii. Yeah, I might I might double dip on that. That one's good. Uh, you can also get Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is a fun game, but an absolute dumpster fire of a story and characters. Again, much like with Sword and Shield, the main appeal of that one to me is just hearing all the Welsh voices. Oh, <laughs> that's the was the appeal of it for me. And then there was a certain point where I was like. Oh, this is the worst writing in a video game I've experienced since the third Mystery Dungeon, so let's do oh, this. Speaking of Mystery Dungeon, they, they, they've actually released a 3D cell shader yes! that re-released the first one, which is Love possibly how... one of my favourite games. Yeah, I saw Chugga Conroy's Let's Play of that. Yeah, you know, let's just talk about video games. Alright, so here's what I think of The Witcher <laughs> 4. So honestly, this is my podcast, we'll get off the side tangent when I say we get off the side tangent. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, and so apart from that, I read the new one-shot by Posica Demizu, Spirits, photographer Saburo Kono, which the base premise of it is fine. I kind of like that angle for an exorcism manga. I still think her art is very 
strangled by the panel layout, much like Late's Promised Neverland. Uh, oh, sorry, Posuka Demizu and Kaiyu Shirai, I should clarify, it's not just one of them. Ah, uh, okay. To get into the main topic of the podcast, we are looking at a manga called Kaiju Number no. 8. Yeah, it's it's the mighty number 8. It's by Naoya Matsumoto for Jump Plus. Their previous works include Neko Wappa and Pochikuro, both of which had short-lived runs in Jump and Jump Plus, respectively. I think Neko Wappa got 13 chapters and Pochikuro got a more sizable four volumes, 43 chapters kind of deal. It follows the main character of Kafka Hibino, a member of a kaiju cleanup crew in Yokohama City. He's a man in his 30s with abandoned aspirations of joining the kaiju defense force. And his childhood friend, Mina Ashiro, who he shared that with, is now an elite captain in that defense force. He mentors a new recruit, Reino Ichika, who himself wishes to join the defense force, and after a rocky first day, where they rub up against each other a little, he saves Kafka from a stray Yoju, which is a slightly smaller variety of monster, and holds it off until Mina and her squad arrive to take it out. Through this experience, Kafka resolves to give the defense force another shot, when all of a sudden, a small insectoid kaiju appears above his hospital bed and flies into him, granting him a kaiju-human hybrid body. And the series kind of pans out from there. There's eight chapters out so far, very fittingly, uh, as of the time of this recording. And um, it's basically following him taking the test to get into the self-defense force. So, what are your guys' thoughts on it so far? I think it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. I enjoy this series generally. I think my main issue is I was really looking forward to the direction I thought it was going, and then it went in a different direction. Okay. Emblematic of a genre I'm not as big on. Okay, I feel like, so right out the gate, uh, usually we save the Q&A segment till the end, and we will be doing the same, but there is one question that I thought was going to be a major topic of discussion, so I might as well raise it now. It's from Liam Entasker on Twitter, who asks, Anyone still want a manga about a kaiju cleanup crew? Is that your issue? Not exactly, because oh, okay. if it's about solely a kaiju cleanup crew, I would kindly prefer it to be more comedic. Right. In mm. general, which was clearly not this, the tone that this series was going for. My issue was when the main character took on the kaiju-like appearance. Because mm. if it was just about humans versus kaiju and like the technology and stuff like that, that seemed a lot more interesting to me then, oh, the main character has this super special power. Do you have the same issue with Attack on Titan, incidentally? Here's the thing. Attack on Titan, they very clearly establish that everyone's fucked very quickly. <laughs> okay. Whereas this one, there's more of a fighting chance on the human side. Well, with this one, there's already people who fight them and have this interesting technology. And the thing that sometimes doesn't work for series like this is that when you have one character mm. who has this great power that's better than all the other ones it kind of turns into i don't know if any of one used to watch ultraman yeah no i was gonna bring this up it, this feels like it's very much sending up ultraman first of all in answer to your question the Tasker, yes i would absolutely be down for a manga about a kaiju oh, yeah. cleanup crew uh mm -hmm. it could take on that delicious in dungeon approach where it's very episodic and like the different kinds of techniques you need to clean up different kinds of kaiju mm -hmm. carcasses but yeah I guess to go my background with kaiju media a bit, I initially saw James Rolfe's video series on the Godzilla movies way back when, in, like, I think it was his second Monster Madness, 
And then I kind of forgot about it. For, I thought they looked pretty cool, but I sort of forgot about it for years. Then my friend, like, on the summer of my second year of uni, showed me Godzilla Final Wars, which is basically like the Infinity War of Godzilla movies. They just cross over every monster into the movie. It's fucking nuts. The villains are these humanoid aliens who look like Neo from the Matrix, and they do, like, these kung fu fights with these human martial artist mutants, and then there are monsters fighting each other. It's absolutely bonkers. And that pretty much convinced me to watch every single Japanese Godzilla movie, save the ones that people say aren't very good. And I've kind of gotten into Tokusatsu as a result through that, but I'm less into the hero stuff generally. It's not its not that I dislike it, I definitely enjoy Tokusatsu-style fights when they're creative, and I've seen bits and pieces of Ultraman here and there, but yeah. As you were saying, this manga is definitely very much sending up stuff like Gridman and Ultraman, uh, where it's a focus on a hero fighting the monsters. And I think the biggest comparison I can find is that in one of the Ultraman series, there was like a task force that would come together, and one of the members of the task force gained Ultraman's power, and they had these two different planes, like fighter mm. planes. And just about every episode was the two fighter planes showing up to fight the monster. And they were like, we're <laughs> fucked, we can't beat this thing. And then Ultraman showed up and punched it out. And they were like, ah, oh, thank God he's here. <laughs> and that's sometimes the feeling I get when the main character... And again, this series is like a, only a couple chapters Yeah, long. he's it's only had definitely... two instances where he's been able to do this. But so far... To, to some, it's just what I'm not huge about when the way a series starts is that this main character is like the only one with this power because sometimes it can kind of okay. move into they're the only one that can do See, stuff. See, I, I have a feeling they're going to introduce more hybrids. I don't doubt yeah. it. I think, again, it's, it's a personal thing of I have to get over what I kind of wanted this series right. to be versus what it was because I thought if it was just about people battling the kaiju... Mm with the technology that they have and sort of really getting into like the technology that See, they use. my thinking is I would like to have both because for me, I'm very much, as far as hero tokusatsu stuff goes, I love seeing it referenced and send it up. But for some reason, I can't quite invest into like long form series based around them. Whereas like, this is very much a manga send up and it also has the angle of the hybrid, the kaiju hybrid thing. Which I think is neat, and I think they could do loads of really creative, cool stuff with that. So I'm pretty on board with him having the kaiju powers for the most part. Again, it's if they're able to play it off in cool, interesting ways, and if they're able to introduce other hybrids with their own unique powers. But the thing is, it's not just the hybrids. The hybrid is new. The hybrid is kaiju number eight, because it's the eighth kaiju. The human population has taken down seven of these things including in the first chapter being able to take down by themselves this huge frog thing to the point that even kaiju number eight the hybrid hasn't taken down another kaiju yet if the problem is that he's doing everything he hasn't yet he's only been compared in battle to trainees if you want to talk about the equipment and science and um, technology they have all the technology they're using to fight the kaijus... Hold on, I'm, I'm just okay. Kaijus. I'm just wondering, 
Is that mean there's only been seven or just seven super powerful ones of that variety? Because it establishes there's these two kinds of kaiju. The big ones, the honjus, and the smaller ones, the yojus. And there seems to be quite a lot of them. I was going to say, if there's only been eight of them, then yeah. like, that was fast. They were like, oh, we, we went from like four yeah. to eight like within two days. The world seems a bit too well adjusted for that to really make any sense. No, but the manga says he's named kaiju number eight when he turns into the monster in the hospital and it's the chapter after. The big ones are called no, kaiju. Okay, so no, because like in one of the chapter, like the post-chapter things, they specifically describe the the home Jews and the yo Jews as different varieties of kaiju. They still refer to them both as that. I'm I'm sure I read it. I don't know. Uh, and again, what I do want to point out is I'm not saying this is a big like deal-breaking flaw for the mm. series. I think it's just. I, 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 again, it's more just like I thought the series was going in this direction and I got very excited for it. Right. And it's like, oh, but he has the kaiju powers. And I'm like, that that to me, that makes it sometimes a little bit less unique. Right. Be, because I feel like this is a big thing in Shonen. Is that, you know, instead of like everybody kind of being on the same level, like the main character has to have these this super cool special power to kind of separate them. And that's not a criticism or a read or anything like that. That's more just, t to me, it almost seemed more unique that this was a more straightforward kaiju manga. Right. But again, this is this is very emblematic of a lot of kaiju media, is that unless it's all about the kaijus destroying stuff, typically speaking, you have a main character who can kind of combat them on their level. So it makes yeah, sense. I mean, so to go on to its influences, uh, the focus on the kaiju-adjusted setting... It's not unheard of. Like, Heisei-era Godzilla in the... Mainly the 90s, it started in the late 80s, was very like this, where humanity had a lot of equipment to fight back against the kaiju with. Also, the Polygon Pictures trilogy on Netflix, which went very hard sci-fi with it. It was like a far-future rendition. Then, of course, there's, like, Pacific Rim, which has a similar sort of setting. See, I've noticed that a lot of kaiju media often tends to go the other way, where the kaiju are still something that humanity are very unprepared for, and it has to be another kaiju that fights them, and the human characters more function as self-inserts for this is what it would be like for you and me in this situation. I like calling the main character Kafka. I, I see what you did there, <laughs> Matsumoto. Uh, the, the reference to uh, metamorphosis, which has been a, a bit of a meme on Twitter for me recently. It's very weird. <laughs> I don't know if either of you have seen this. <laughs> I have not. No. Yeah, so basically it's the dad coming in and being like, Are you winning, son? It's like a little stick figure. And one of them is just, this, on the bed is just a giant cockroach in reference to Kafka's metamorphosis. <laughs> and it's just like, why? <laughs> why did you do this? <laughs> uh. So, one thing I really liked in the first chapter, the monster is a very clear reference to Shin Godzilla, the recent reboot of Godzilla by uh -huh. Hideaki Anno of um, Evangelion fame. It's really cool to see that that iteration of Godzilla, it's become such an icon in the in the kaiju lexicon. It's left such an, an impact in that way. Whereas, like, I think the focus on the power suits, to bring it back to Final Wars, is a lot more like that. Like, you have these super-powered humans that are able to take on the kaiju. And that's... Final Wars is the only place I've seen something executed that way, where they have enhanced strength, but they mainly fight with weapons. Also, the Shin Godzilla monster sticking out in the background as Kafka was leaping across when, it, when he left the hospital was a really cool background detail. Mm -hmm. No, the, the art in this series is very impressive at times. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I like that Reno warms to Kafka before the Yoju attack rather than just right after and having it be this big in the heat of the moment thing. Because it establishes a bit of camaraderie between them rather than having them just inexplicably form a bond in the heat of the action beat. Although I would like Reno to get more of a push on like what he wants to do. So this is my my biggest beef with the series so far. Mina being still so hung up on Kafka is kind of dumb. Uh, I'd have much preferred if the scene of her reflecting on him in a bath, because of course, was oh, less like, ugh, fucking... ugh, you liar. And it was more like a fond reflection or maybe like curiosity on how he's doing. Uh, unless maybe they had some sort of falling out or something. Uh, but I know Japan's a fucking, it has the biggest hard on for the childhood friend who still cares, but it just, it's ridiculous. Like... Come on. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those weird moments where, like, I kind of understand why he's still yes. kind of... Again, I don't want to use this word necessarily because I get the Japanese childhood friend mildly obsessed with her. Oh, <laughs> I understand it on his end, totally. No, exactly. Um, that he's, oh, this we were going to take on the world together, but now you're doing all these great things and I'm just a lowly grunt. I don't get why she, who's like the most famous, strongest kaiju person in the entire world, is still, ah, oh, man, I hope he's doing okay. Just like, really? You have nothing else to think about? But she's not, mm. though. See, if it was purely like, oh, I had a friend when I was five, I'd agree. But they show that they went through a big traumatic experience together. And because of that, both said, we want to change the world together. And she got there, and he gave up. Mm. And I can imagine her, because in the flashbacks, he's the one saying, I'll always be there for you, I'll always help you. And the image they show of her is she's always looks very, even when she's around people, she's always very lonely. She has this big apartment that she is naked <laughs> in a bathroom. There's not many personal effects. There's there no is either there. a stuffed and, tiger or an actual tiger. If it's okay. an actual tiger, it's much cooler. I don't mind them going the love interest route with her at all. It's a lot better than the other love interest that they introduce in the series, who is a teenager, that they seem to be going the angle with. I, I want to yeah. ask this. Apart from her being a girl in proximity to the protagonist, what evidence of love okay, interest Okay, so, so she so immediately... I'm I'm digging on this series a lot, but I did enjoy it. Just to be, just to reiterate. Yeah, we're, we're it's, it's a good series. It's a good series. She immediately just forms this obsession with making him look like a fool, and like so off the bat, it's why he kind of looks like a bit okay. of a dipshit. But there's, I don't understand why she suddenly gravitates so much towards wanting him to make him look like an idiot. And I think it's just because they want him to, her to be all Sunsun for him. Sure, but she hasn't been Sunsun yet. She's just kind of made, been a dick to him. I think with enough knowledge of manga, I think we're able to recognize certain story beats. And yeah, it, it, it's not necessarily oh, yeah. that if we're immediately like, oh, she's going to be like this, this and this. But when you read enough manga, you read the shorthand of all of the archetypes, you, you read the shorthand and you're also kind of it's like you read the same plot thread again and again sometimes with certain tropes. It's kind of gone in that same direction up until now. Right up to the point mm. where, like, she's incapacitated and he's like, don't worry, I'll save her. And she has the, oh, shit, I was wrong face. And again, we're not necessarily, because the love interest thing I don't necessarily know about, um, That that's something that if that did, if that was there, that went right over my head. But I do think the fact that, like, this character might turn into the Sun Sun character, at the very least, the groundwork has been laid by the series. If it doesn't go in that direction, mm. great. But to go off to the initial love interest, I guess my issue is that we do kind of keep cutting to her for certain points. For the most part, 
when we're cutting to her and her perspective is when she's thinking about him. Mm. But he is the protagonist. He is the protagonist, but it's sort of like 12 Degrees of Kevin Bacon, where it's like, mm. because that's all yeah. we see. Yeah. And it's, an, it's nice to get a sense of side characters having motivations outside the main character. It makes the world feel a bit bigger and more authentic. Agreed, but eight chapters. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, by that logic, we can't really say anything bad about it. <laughs> well, like, no, no. I didn't like the art in this chapter. Eight chapters, it'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that character. Eight chapters, maybe he dies. Who knows? Like, maybe he... Oh, you're saying this. I've seen some of the questions, and I'm just like, um, my answer to most of them will be, um, maybe? Eight chapters? No, exactly. Hmm. Okay. The weird oddities of Kafka's suit. I, I do like those. It's a nice little quirk, like him eating a bird involuntarily <laughs> is my mm. favourite. Maybe it'll go the split personality in a demon root, <laughs> but it could just be a, like a weird gag of just like, ah, he has these kaiju tendencies, but they're not really like a big deal. On that, with the thing they occasionally do with that, and the thing that the author loves doing with breaking the tension of this awesome two-page spread, mm -hmm. and then very comedic monster man doing stupid things. <laughs> it was a bit off-putting when I saw it the first time, but I've oh, I loved grown it. on me. I, I yeah, love it. It's, it's very... His design in the suit, it has a very Studio Trigger-esque quality, where it can slip between being very rubber-hosed, hyper-deformed, and kind of goofy and then looking really detailed and cool, and it feels very cohesive, and I like that. Generally speaking, the art in this series is very impressive. It gets mm. the job done. I think there are definitely certain points where there are certain panels that could be a bit more art artistically interesting, but I do think it gets the job done, the art's good. What's holding me up so far, and it's really the only actual criticism I can give, because for the most part there's certain stuff that I'm like, yeah, I kind of wish this series would go in that direction, but that's not a criticism. That's just kind of my own disappointment. I think the only actual criticism I can give is I don't think this is a very strong series when it comes to characters. Right. Really? I think the main character is fine. They're decent enough, but I don't think their partner character is particularly interesting. I liked Reno in the first chapter, but he hasn't been as engaging since which is yeah why i want a bit more focus on him there's just not sort of been a lot for him to do uh the love mm. interest kind of intentionally doesn't really have a character at this point like I, I i don't doubt they're gonna build something for them later she's like aloof badass and me personally speaking and this is entirely a personal pet peeve i cannot fucking stand this new character i understand Oh like, yeah, no. Uh, oh, agreed. But from the Shinomiya moment, is not my kind of archetype at all. From the moment she showed up, I was like, "Let me guess, she's gonna have like a father complex, where she's like, I yeah. can never please my dad, probably because her mom's dead." Yep, and yeah. the next chapter showed up, and that was exactly what it is. I'm like, "Yeah, fucking of course." Yeah. And, and even right down to the, I don't like how they reiterate the "you must be perfect for the sake of our nation futures" quote from her dad. Again, after we just got the flashback from it, like they do it twice, <laughs> two pages <laughs> earlier. It's like, do you remember? Yeah, I just I scroll. It's right there. Uh, it's definitely one of those things where, again, eight chapters. They could all get like a ton more depth. But I very quickly saw a lot of these characters being like, here's the introduction of my personality, and then it just kind of falls back mm. a, a little bit, and it's not bad. It's very mm. good. It all just sort of gets the job done. 
I did like that Kafka tries to put a cool spin on his failures as well as a gag. It's like, without this suit's help, this equipment is heavy as hell. That's only someone who's in tune with zero could know, you know, when he has the power rating of zero on his suit. Yeah. I do really like that. And I think I am really glad that we recorded this after this week's chapter dropped. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of felt like after those first two chapters, the series sort of spun its wheels a bit and very much took its time to set stuff up. And now we finally have another big payoff, so I think we have a good batch for looking at what the starting stretch of this series is like and getting a taster test of what it could be going forward. Yeah. Speaking of which, where would we like this to go going forward? I guess if Kafka isn't discovered in this instance, there's still going to be a lot of suspicion because they found a kaiju of, of an insane, you know, insane on the kaiju Richter scale. <laughs> so I feel like that's mm. that's definitely going to put him under suspicion. I think they have a big enough front on the fact that the girl did take out the entire thing by herself, like the entire training exercise by herself. It could be, I lost control of the gun and whoops. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that Shinomiya might give Kafka the little bonus of like, oh yeah, he was crucial in assisting me here. I couldn't have done it without him. And be vague about how, just so that he gets into the self-defense force. One thing I did really, really like, I I forgot to mention this, the fact that it was in one of the side post-chapter mangaka messages. They said how the details of the kaiju numbering system resetting. Oh yeah, this was it. This is the detail we needed earlier about the kaiju. So the numbering (laughs) system resets like the Japanese typhoon system. Which both explains why he was only at number eight, even though this world is very clearly Uh... built for more. And it also ties in with the kaiju being a metaphor for some kind of disaster thing, which is a very recurring trope in the genre. That makes sense. I, I literally thought it was just the big ones are only called kaijus. He's a big one. (laughs) Despite being tiny. Okay, anything else on future predictions or or wishes? I'd like to see the... you, You call it spinning wheels. I kind of like the time they took to build the world and make it feel like mm. a real town and a real place and a real world that has kaiju in it. Yeah, that's the thing. Once this week's chapter dropped, the last few being kind of slow totally doesn't matter for me anymore because I was like, okay, you are building to something. It- it's fine. And so going forwards, I'd like to see his inclusion in the Force. I'd like to see more of the Force and I'd like to see more of the aces and specialist peoples in their costume. I honestly want some people in the suits with specialities and cool things that can get up to his level, even if he is always has to be the, okay, when shit hits the fan, I need to transform and take this thing out one cue i think it should take out of attack on titan's book and you know attack on titan has its fair share of problems we don't get into that can of worms Mm -hmm. because there's a lot to discuss there but um is having it so that the weapons humans are able to utilize and the abilities that people who have superpowers are able to utilize both play important roles in the action i think having that kind of approach would just make the action more interesting That's sort of what I want, is I want more specialization, I want a more interesting power set that the actual pure human characters have. Because right now it's sort of, okay, you have a suit that makes you strong, here's a gun. And to me that's not particularly interesting, just because Mm. we, we have so many other series that we can even talk about that have a similar concept to that, but they're able to specialize on it more. World Trigger is an excellent example. Mm. And I would either like more specialization or more specifics on why this weapon works for this person. Because with the exception of what the main character can do, because I actually think that the fact that the main character, that they don't just punch people is actually interesting, that they can control their body to make different kaiju shapes is very interesting. 
I think the other characters need a more interesting power set. Yeah, it's more based around roll of cool. Like, the maneuver that Shinomiya did with the grenade did look really cool, but it is just flash, basically. And, and that's sort of what I was talking about earlier, in the sense that you need the other human characters to have a bit more reason to be in the series. And through specialization, that might make it a bit more clear. So, oh yeah, why do we even need these people? <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, with that, let's get into the Q&A segment. So yeah. we had Liam and Tasker's question. Uh, we'll move over to Reddit, uh, the r slash kaiju number eight Reddit. So Inner Analysis asks, where do the kaiju come from? So the ocean? Given how many of them there are, it's hard to assume they all coincidentally had their own separate origins. Then again, if it was going for the classic Godzillaverse route, that is how it is. So if, they, if they're paying homage to that. But then I'd say they're definitely quite recent. The world reads more like a modern day cities have adjusted to quelling the threats mm. rather than the society having developed and evolved around it. It could be invasions from, like, a secluded area. It could be like, test subjects gone wrong. So, honestly, it's probably going to be the oceans, mm. just because that's a good example of, why, why didn't we find these? Yeah. Oh, did you know we know more about the moon than the depths of our oceans? But I'd imagine Andam hoping something along the lines of ancient creatures in deep hibernation that are all sort of mm. waking up. That could be cool. If there was some sort of human involvement with it, uh, I'd like it to go the route of... The manga Jigokuraku, Hell's Paradise, where the way they've handled the mystery, so basically that one, bit, a little bit different. Uh, they come across an island which they think is the afterlife with lots of hellish stuff on it and send a bunch of Death's Row convicts to go and find the elixir of life there. And they're each guarded by a samurai and there's a lot of flashy fights and it's quite cool. But the way that that show handles its mystery is very much, the main cast don't know what the deal with this island is. And the mystery is very slowly revealed as it goes along. And I'd kind of like this to have the same thing. So your average layman in like your average civilian doesn't know where the kaiju came from. But as he works his way up through the self-defense source, perhaps Kafka could learn more about how mankind's involvement could have created these kaiju. Personally, I'm kind of hoping it's something simple. As much as I can appreciate the whole like, oh, there's sort of this conspiracy where this person created this thing and this thing. I always find it a bit more serviceable to the story when it's like they come from the ocean. Right. Or just something like that. Or, or this is something humanity unearthed. Okay. Whenever it turns out to be this sort of conspiracy, like, well, we created the kaiju while trying to find out how to give cows wings. It's like, well, why were you doing that? Did you succeed? You haven't told us if you succeeded. From Fly Jing Narwhal. Ooh. We've seen the new humanoid kaiju now. Do you guys think that these are an evolved form of kaiju? Or is this guy someone who was once human the same way number eight was made? And lastly, is it possible that all kaiju are either humans or different animals inflected by the small flying bug things? Potentially? That, hmm. I'm kind of thinking that the creature we saw that regenerated the training kaiju is more likely essentially like a sentient higher up of a kaiju, mm. like a kaiju leader that humanity's at least not seen before or is not well known. Because that would be an interesting way to throw a spanner into the works of, hey, we're dealing with a the kaiju. There are kaiju leaders. Maybe we shouldn't kill this super awesome mm. kaiju that's on our side just in case he's useful against this shit. Yeah. I like the theory about kaiju being animals and humans affected by the flying things, but I'd like the human kaiju to be rare. Otherwise, it very much begs the question mm. of why Kafka would be the first one not to attack other humans. 
And is he just dumb enough to be the first one to be recorded on camera? <laughs> okay, next question from ethics underscore. Do you think Kaiju number eight has the potential to become the, one of the next big series for Phone and Jump? I personally love this series so far and hoping for the best for it. So I think it definitely, it's sending up a very popular genre, which is always a good starting point. And I think the central gimmick, a lot of people could get into that. Um, I think also the overlap it has with Attack on Titan ending is very much kind of like the overlap that the end of Naruto had with the beginning of My Hero, and that sort of took up the mantle. I don't think it's going to be a Demon Slayer level breakout hit, though. It's a bit too safe and generic to really work for that, I think. I like it. I think it's good. I think it could go far. I don't think it's going to be huge, just because it's not weekly. It, uh, no, I th it is. Is it weekly? I thought it was bi-weekly. It's weekly, but it's on the Jump Plus app, not in Shonen Jump. Oh, potentially then. I mean, because like, um, Bi Family has been selling loads, and that's a Jump Plus series. Uh, they've been having a lot of big hits coming out of them. Oh, sure. I guess it depends on what we're defining as big. Are we talking like My Hero, Demon Slayer big, or like a good series that sells I, I feel well. like it'll probably reach the kind of popularity something like Dr. Stone could reach at most, yeah, maybe? that sounds um, about right. Yeah. If it finds its audience, yeah, I think this could be a very well-received series. I think it's probably going to be dependent on where it goes from here. Because I, I think it's fairly easy to hook people on the first few chapters of just about anything. Mm. Honestly, like, I, I was hooked on the first few chapters of Black Clover majorly. I was like, ooh, this is really interesting. And, you know, it turned out to be a very popular series that wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. Or very interesting. Right now, I think we'll just have to see, like, what direction it goes in. Because it's very open in terms of where it could go. It's very unfocused. And in the early chapters, that's kind of a good thing. You know, it draws you in. It's like where it's going to go. Once mm -hmm. we find out where it's going to go, I think that's going to be when people either take it or leave it. Okay. So the next question, I'm going to pronounce this with a soft J. Might be wrong. Uh, Rojas Damaiti asks, What are your thoughts on the kaiju that fused with Kafka? Is it good or evil? Will it try to take over Kafka's body? And why was it looking for Kafka slash decided to fuse with him? I like the idea of it being kind of neutral, like Ryuk from Death Note, and that it just wants to play around rather than having any specific agenda. But yeah, I, I did toy around earlier with the idea of it perhaps going with the inner demon route, like multiple other shonen manga go. So I kind of got Miggy from Parasite mm -hmm. vibes with it. The idea that maybe when a bunch of these things die, they give off these things. Maybe it's a common thing, who knows? Maybe it's a special thing that the kaiju that died in front of me had. But the idea of it's meant to go in and take over their body. And it didn't work so much, or it was meant to take over more than it did. I'd be up for the Miggy from Parasite route as well. Probably less vocal, because the things that, are, apart from it's like jumping down his throat, has had no reappearance in the series so far. It might just be buying its time, we'll see. Or or maybe it's just gone, and he's it's just kind of become the kaiju part of him. This is going to be the last question, from Phantom 98 how do you guys feel about the art style? Do you think it portrays the difference between kaiju and humans well, in terms of scale and design? We've talked about how strong the art is a lot. I guess to go into more specifics, I think the scale element of it is one of the things I like. And that's one of the things that I think makes me more interested in this than, say, an Ultraman or a Gridman series. Because once they um, they grow up to be really, really big, it just it may as well be two monsters fighting, and it's very clearly just two people on a set. Yeah. Whereas this has the advantage of being a manga and being able to have him take on these massive creatures as a human-sized fighter. 
I also really like the color spread of him in the rain after punching out the kaiju was cool. I think that's one of the elements you can tell that this was made for like a digital release front rather than a print magazine. The fact that they had the color spread right in the middle of the chapter. You wouldn't usually get that in a in a print magazine. I didn't I love that was a cool visual. The, the art's good. It's very serviceable in the sense that it sort of does its job and He's left us. We can do. We can do All right. What we so want. listen. Let me talk about Breath of the Wild for a while. Um, <laughs> it's so good, you guys. I don't think. I, it is really, I don't think really it got good. Praise. I really don't think it got enough praise in 2017. And it got a lot of praise. Uh, which, which what series yeah. didn't get enough praise? No, never mind. <laughs> no, no. I'm curious. Breath, of, Breath the of the Wild. I thought it got quite a lot. No. The, the, yeah, that was the joke. Not enough. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, I'll say one thing for the art, is that I don't love the character designs. Yes, I was going to bring this up. They're very serviceable, but not very distinct. Yeah, and that's sort of my gripe in terms of that, because, again, the kaiju, the main character's kaiju looks cool. I don't love how a lot of the other monsters look, but the mm. main character's kaiju looks really cool, so I'm kind of hoping we get more of those. Yeah. And the character designs aren't great, but the art does what it needs to do very well. And that's the best way I think I can put it. It's not spectacular, but it gets the job done. No, no, for me, it's like, yeah, the character designs aren't amazing. The action and the way the kaiju fighting stuff looks is much stronger. Yeah. And, and more distinct. Okay, so uh, I think that covers basically everything. But any other thoughts? Despite us probably being overly negative on this, I, I don't think we, think we were. I, think I, we I don't think we were negative necessarily. Yeah, I think we outlined a lot of our problems, but a lot of things we said in praise as well. Because that's generally how I feel. I'm like, it, it's not amazing, but I am having a very solidly good time with it, with a few caveats. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes as a big fan of the uh, kaiju genre. Again, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily as high on, like, I think it's fine. It's not really my thing. Mm. But I think the series is fine as a whole, but I don't think it's bad. Like, not a lot of what I said are, like, overall criticisms. I think they're just kind of things that, like, eh, it's probably why I might not be reading it in like a couple months but it's a fine mm. series like if you if you enjoy it good for you i'm, I'm happy that we're getting some good stuff because in my personal opinion a lot of the stuff that we've gotten in jump recently is hot garbage so <laughs> i'm happy bone collection isn't ready no don't worry we have cop and dolphin here to tie Ayakashi you over. triangle Fuck it, Ayakashi Triangle makes me want to bark. so popular with Priest. Every time I read it, I'm like, this is fucking horseshit. But that's another podcast. <laughs> so to, uh, to to round off, so you can you can find this podcast on YouTube, uh, the YouTube channel Hoven with an H. You can find it on Anchor.fm and all of the various links there. It's also Hoven's Hideaway on Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, all over the shop. Anchor is the best bet for finding all the links to audio versions, but, you know, it shouldn't be hard to find if you Google it. And yeah, I follow me on Twitter, at Hoven with an H. And also, please listen to Duckface Diaries, the World Trigger read-through podcast, where me and my regular co-host here, Wensleydale, go through the World Trigger manga volume by volume. We're just on volume four. We're kind of getting to the end of the introductory stuff before the first really big arc hits, so it's a really good time to start reading along if you haven't already. And uh, yeah... Check this out. There's also a Twitter account there at Duckface Diaries uh, on Twitter if you want to keep up with the updates. And yeah, uh, anywhere you guys want to be followed. <laughs> well, Nova, really, because I know Caster does not. 
I don't like being followed. It's creepy when it's in the, in the dead of night. <laughs> I don't know if you want to check out my Instagram. That's pretty cool. But that's, I don't really have other stuff. So that's about it. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much for being on. It's been a really fun discussion. Yeah. yeah. All right. And with that, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Ayakashi Triangle is why anime was a mistake. <laughs>